It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's our final show for 2017. I have none of you on the microphone. Try that again. It's our final show for 2017. Yeah. Hey. Yay. It's almost birthday time for a couple of people. Yeah, for me. And for you. Wait, yes, when's your you. birthday, Darren? You know when my birthday is, husband. No, you're right. But and you're after me. You're like a week. You're, are you the 8th or 14th? No, 14th. you're not 14th. I'm before you. I'm the 11th. Ah. Oh, okay. I knew her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know what to tell you about that. Of course I knew your birthday. I know. It was the 12th. I know. Not the 12th. <laughs> But yeah, the year's almost over. It's been a weird year. I tell you that, man. It's, <laughs> it's been, been a weird an one for us. Yeah, for sure. Jeez. Just wait. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> Twenty. You think you think that's going to be the year that's going to get weirder? Uh, yeah, because you're going to have a kid. Oh God, that's right. Forgot about that thing. <laughs> yes. I thought that's what you were referring to. <laughs> no, I'm just talking, <laughs> like man. We got a house. We got a kid. Well, well we don't have one yet. It's baking. Yeah, you're brewing a kid <laughs> yeah. right now. I can't <laughs> see because her belly's underneath the friggin' table. Uh, that's true. So I don't know. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, you don't see me daily. I, for- <laughs> right. I forgot, Just Karen. walking okay. around. It's fine. <laughs> uh, we have a great show for you guys today. It uh, potentially is a controversial one, um, but uh, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, we have uh, Jake Fight from the White Rabbits Social Club, and uh, we asked him to be on the show because we had read that uh, David Koning article on Mice Speak or whatever it's called, Mice Chat. Mike Talk. Mike, Mike, Mike Talk. Mike Talk. With Mike yes. Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs> This is an article I wrote about Disneyland. <laughs> um, where basically there's a lawsuit. Jake is now, um, you know, embroiled, I suppose, in, yeah. in a lawsuit. Yeah. And uh, the article was, you know, I wouldn't call it one-sided because it was David Koning, who we've had on the show before. Um, he was just writing about what's in the lawsuit. Right. So I guess to that extent it was one-sided, but we thought, well, that's not very fair. Let's reach out to these people and... Uh, and right. get them on the show and see what we can learn about and just, I don't know, do our radio thing, man. Just talk to these people. Yeah, so. it's, it's not fair when the person with the loudest voice or the only voice is the only one that's heard. So we want, like, right. I, like I told Jake when I reached out, I was like, we just want to give you a voice. You right. know, explain what's going on, um, you know, be able to clear the air. You know, so hopefully it's a good interview. I think it'll be great. Yeah. I think it'll be good. I know Jake has a podcast, so I'm not concerned about, uh, you know, long pauses. I'm not worried about, you know, lack of content. So that's a good, uh, you know, that's a good thing to to not have to worry about, yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest. Like when you're doing an interview, you're like, okay, does this person, you know, know how, no leading questions? Like, do they know how to carry on a conversation? And I think so. I think Jake will be fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll be fine. Um, I would say that I think some of the things that we're going to talk about might not be kid friendly or whatever, just because of certain allegations within the lawsuit. Right. Right. That I pretty sure just i don't know jake at all but just from the interactions he wants to tell the whole story yeah and that's totally fine and that's what we're here for and i want to know the whole story because i'm i'm nosy right. uh but uh i so you know i don't know parents you be the judge i don't right. know yeah i, I, I mean, don't know I what don't to say to we're not gonna we're, we're gonna not it's not gonna be like bad words it's not gonna be like the secret show but it's it's no. just gonna be you know Honestly, the kids probably won't find it very interesting. Exactly. Yeah, it'll probably be totally. But why are these adults yeah. fighting about Disneyland? I don't I know. I hate ears up. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, you know, just fair warning. 
Um, you know, but I think I think it'll be cool. I'm excited for it, and uh, I know we have a lot of new listeners. I know that uh, that Jake and his gang on his podcast are broadcasting this now too. So uh, I'm sure their crew is listening. I know that a lot of the White Rabbits have now tuned in, uh, and that's cool. Welcome, guys, and I uh, hope uh, you know ears up is uh, is your cup of tea. You know what I mean? For real, yeah. That was a White Rabbit joke. Oh, it was. oh, that was a good job. What do you think of that? <laughs> that was good. I like, you know, that. like that. I wrote it like five hours ago. Nice. <laughs> no, not really. It just happened to be. Uh, but anyway, so before we get to Jake, uh, Taryn, do we have feedback? Yes. He asks knowingly. Yes, we do. We have a couple. All right, go today. for it. Uh, first one. Hey, gang. Hi, Bev. Hi. She's not here. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Bev is sick. Yeah. yeah. She called me coughing. She's I'm like fever sick. And I'm Aww. like, oh, please stay home. Yeah. She got the man flu, dude. It's all bad. Which, yeah. is a, which is a real thing now, by the way. Oh, God. I remember. It's a that. real diagnosed thing. The man, the man flu? flu is a real thing. Oh, Lord. That's ridiculous. Yes. Sweet Lord. <laughs> anyway, go on. Right. Anyway, um, uh, this, I think I'm sick. <laughs> this is from Vince, who we've, we've met. I believe. Okay. Um, Hello, Vince. Yeah, I think he was at the 100th with his daughter. Probably. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I spent this past weekend in the parks, and here are three things I learned. One, <laughs> my wife wore her churro shirt and got lots of compliments on it. It's very popular in the parks. Two, hot chocolate and peppermint churros are gross. It's a chocolate churro with peppermint dusting. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, a chocolate churro with pepper. Wow, that's just a chocolate churro is sounds yeah, gross sounds because usually when you put like cocoa powder in things, it kind of dries it out because yeah. it's a little bitter. Um, uh, no, I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't waste your money, especially those weird churro carts in downtown Disney. Yeah, you there's don't like get watermelon one and strawberry. Like, wa- first of all, they're different brands. Yeah, but why? Why do you want a strawberry churro? No, just a regular churro. That's the whole point of a churro. Is that yeah. it's a churro. Stop being extra. Just churro, and you're and you're off. Yes. For real. Uh, the third thing he learned, number three, Velvis, Velvet Elvis, mm-hmm. um, has a companion. Oh. In Small World Holiday, there's an Elvis bobblehead on the surfboard with Lilo and Stitch <sighs> in the Oceana room. Huh. Nice. We've, I've seen that before, actually. Okay. Um, I'd be lying if I said I did. I think I pointed it out to you once, but... I'd be lying if I said I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, it may have been there in previous years, but I don't remember ever seeing it before. I definitely have seen it once, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. So look out for that thing. It's pretty okay. cool. I mean, if you, you know, go on Small World. Well, and if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, keep up the shenanigans. Your friend, Pop Sugar Vince. Word. Wow, too soon. <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, the next one Jerk. is uh, from Michael. And this is feedback from Denver. We never were in Denver, Michael. You have the wrong show. <laughs> uh, hey, Ears Up team. Lifetime Disneyland fan here. And I'm clearly behind on your shows given the feed. Given, given the following feedback. Taryn, you are wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Fake news. <laughs> uh, I just heard your feedback from the girl that called you dumb, and it really irritated <laughs> me. I remember that one. I don't. What was wrong with me? I'm stupid. It's when I didn't know what a constable was. and Oh. Yeah, and she was real mean. Yeah. Um, all I can think of is the scene in Harry Potter when Hagrid tells Hermione not to sit on it for one second. Because uh, you're great, and I appreciate your contributions to the show. Nice. Why, thank you, Michael. Did you write this? Are you Michael, in fact? (laughs) Are you now, in fact, or have you ever been Michael? Uh, No, sir. Uh, As far as my feedback goes, I would like to start with the negative. Oh, good. (laughs) Yay. Wow. We were doing so good, Michael. so good, Michael. Yeah. (laughs) Should cut it off right there. Uh, And I hope it is read with open ears with a Z. No, I get it. This is for Jason. (laughs) Why me? I don't know. Why do I get all the negative feedback on this show? I don't. Well, we're going to find out. All right. 
Um, uh, and it was kind of fueled by Taryn's bad feedback, uh, but also influenced by other shows. Jason, I do not know you more than a couple hours a month, so I, I can't say I know you much at all. I also understand that you all review feedback before, uh, before you record, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you had great comfort for Taryn when she read this initially. However, when it was read on air for fans, it was our first time hearing it, and I must say, I thought you could have stepped out of the spotlight and toned down the jokes a bit. To hear the cameras clicking and you cutting her off was uncomfortable. Uh, Clearly, she was nervous and hurt, and it felt as though you couldn't address it seriously or let her have a moment to herself. I honestly don't remember what he's talking about. We did. Is it when you didn't know what a constabulary was or whatever? No. So this chick wrote in. I got really upset about it. Because I can't even say it. I'm not going to, you know... (laughs) I know this that chick I forget her name she wrote in and she thought I was really stupid because of Terrence thinks and she thought I was an idiot and um, and then we did a press conference I did a press conference to talk about it I think or something right Uh, and so that's the cameras clicking was the press conference and I think Mm -hmm. from what I remember and it was a long time ago so this guy's not going to even hear this feedback for a long time but (laughs) um, from what I remember I was extremely nervous but I was welcoming your jokes because I was having a hard time getting through it because I was nervous right. about it. And then, like, looking back, I was like, wow, I don't even know why I was nervous because it was really stupid. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so I think that you were, like, cutting into my – I had a speech prepared. Oh, and I was messing I, with you. I think you were messing with me during okay. it. So he was apparently upset by that. All right. Um, and he – so he continues, I thank you for the show, and I understand without you it wouldn't exist, but that's that's the big thing, he says. Oh. <laughs> I understand that, and most listeners do too, I'm sure. So my criticism slash suggestion is to be more mindful of your presence on the show. Oh. Listen to a couple episodes and note how many times you cut someone off, uh, especially Let me Taren. stop you right there, Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or how many times you turn someone else's steam into your own and add a joke in their airtime. Well, okay, I'm just going to stop here for a second. <laughs> Michael, we don't each have a certain amount of airtime. That I mean, I understand that you, as a listener, don't understand maybe how a radio show works and how the personalities on a radio show kind of the dynamic, mm-hmm. but that is our dynamic is, you know... You know, not to break down the fourth wall, but like Jason's like the funny one. You know, yeah. Terrence oh. is the guy that has all the wrong ideas. Like, wow, <laughs> I'm the I'm the like the ditzy blonde. I'm sorry. Like, hold that's... on, let me write in my feedback to Terrence right now about <laughs> right. what I said. Um, yeah, I mean, it... there's a certain amount of that going yeah. on. I think. Are uh, you going to read all? Is there too much more? Uh, there's not too much more, but then he gets all nice again. Okay. So well, wanna... I mean, as far as the radio stuff goes, look, dude, you know, it, this is our personality on the show, and either you like it or you don't, I guess. Or, uh, I, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about how to respond to this, and I, I don't really have a response because I kind of don't really care. <laughs> um, honestly, like, if, if you want us to not have personalities, then we can do that. Where, we, you know, and I wrote this whole script out about, like, oh, you know, we'll do like a back and forth little play thing, but I just didn't really feel like doing it. But, it's like this response or even Taryn reading your, your feedback, it's part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's her personality coming through. So if you don't want that, if you if you don't like my personality for messing with my wife, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But one thing I'm not going to do is change it because you emailed in and don't because you don't like because you don't think it's rude for Taryn. Taryn's an adult. If she mm-hmm. thought it was rude, she would come to me and say, even on the air. And I've yeah. told her this. Tell me on the air. You don't like something, then tell me. We can talk about it, and we'll make fun of it. But that's how we address things on the show, because it's entertaining. And I think we're also um, 
maybe a lot more comfortable with each other than what you see on other podcasts because True. we're mm, yeah. number one, we're in the same room. Number two, we've been friends for years. You know, we were friends before we started the show and that's why it was so easy for us to start the show. And yeah. you know, we do. We have great rapport with each other and so we're gonna mess with each other. We're going to do stuff like that because we're comfortable doing that. And I am if it comes across as as rude I, I'd like to say I'm sorry, but what I will say is no, I agree with you, Jason. If anyone has a problem, just just say it, and we'll yeah. we'll deal with it. And ultimately, it was funny, right? Right. <laughs> I thought it was funny, and that's all that matters. <laughs> right. And you know, it's 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 true. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but as far as you know, try listening to a show. I listen to every single show. Yeah. Um, and then I address that show with my co-host if I feel that it's appropriate mm-hmm. if I you know if something is weird or we try to dial something and that's that's how you progress in a show so I don't really appreciate the assumption that I've never heard my own show or that I'm unaware of what I'm doing I'm I'm, I'm aware of what I'm doing sometimes I'm too aware mm-hmm. and then I don't do it and then I'm in my head or then I do it and then I'm in my head and I, I, I don't know what's going on um, but uh, I appreciate it Michael I appreciate yep. that you took the time to write into us that's cool yeah um, but you know <sighs> I, I guess ultimately catch up on the shows. Yeah, because we don't really do that anymore. It's a bit. It was a bit. It kind of got played out, and you know we just don't really do it anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, and so there. <laughs> Sorry, well, uh, just one last thing that I, there's there's been a little bit of um, a pattern in some of our feedback that has to do with me, and I re- while I really really appreciate people defending my honor or whatever, um, I don't need that. I'm I'm a grown up. I'm going to be 35 in a couple weeks like i can i can pretty much handle my own and and there have been times where we get like a negative feedback and it affects me and i get upset but um i'm also i'm a big girl i can but thank you i do i do thank you and i appreciate it but you know yeah i got you it's cool that listeners have you back but uh you know at the same time uh yeah anyway Uh, and then he just he finished with some really really nice things so um i'm not going to read through all of them but um read the one about me (laughs) he Ah! actually didn't say a word about you i'm sorry all right we're done done with this feedback (laughs) (laughs) and that's it yeah Uh, okay we're done yeah i mean he had a question for us what's the question um what do you all think about when you miss the park not a general thought like pirates i'm curious to learn each of your tiny detail that uh means something to you uh, the sound of the gun on the Jungle Cruise, for instance, uh, when you're uh, on the train behind it, the thud of a log before it plummets down, the fall on splash, things like that. Um, Ambi- like the ambiance of the park, yeah, not like what going it, to a thing, but it, the experience of being at the park? Yeah, I think like he's looking for like if there's a detail that we, that we think about when we're not there. Yeah, huh. I have one. My favorite... Man, my favorite sound, my favorite detail. No, 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 no. Because just saying it, it makes me think about it. My favorite sound and favorite uh, detail at the park is when you first walk into Adventureland and you have like the the bird sounds and the slight, almost like um, not not was it like um, xylophone or um, uh, marimba kind of noise in the background. It's like a uh, it's 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 very jungly. And I, that is the first thing I think about when I think about the park. It's just that area sound right by, right in between um, Tarzan, Jungle Cruise, and Indy. That, okay. is, that is what the first thing I think about when I think about the park. That's cool. I like that. Do you have one, Taryn? Um, I don't know if I have one. I think mine is kind of like, this is going to sound so lame, but like uh, that moment when you first walk in. 
and you're kind of waiting for the rest of your party to, to get in the park, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everybody's in the park and you walk under the tunnel. Like, mm-hmm. that's the moment that I'm always I'm always most excited about. And I don't even realize it, but I'm always kind of like, right after it happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm at Disneyland now. Nice. Like, up to then, you're like, oh, trying to meet up with people, and you're trying to find your ticket, but that's the moment where I'm like, huh. Like, everything, like, settles for, like, a second hmm. okay. until everyone's like, well, what ride are we going to go on? What are we going to eat? What are-? Pirates. But that's, that's the, the one ride. moment. <laughs> <laughs> I guess mine's just walking down Main Street. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hanging out. Getting yeah. run over by strollers. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right. Let's get Jake on the phone here. All right. And uh, and get the, uh, the old interview going here. Let me move this. And uh, I'm excited for this show. Uh, I think it's yeah. going to be. I think it's going to be cool, man. Because it's kind of like, it's kind of gaining a life of its own. A little bit on yeah. the internet, yeah. and um, which is interesting to me. Yeah, I, I don't really think anything like this. And and maybe maybe we're our, our nose is too close to the dashboard on this, and like so, it, it seems bigger than it is. Possibly, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm fascinated with it. Uh, Jake, are you there, bud? I am here, and you've put me on hold for so long that I've been doing shots for like an hour straight. So, uh, <laughs> well, you're welcome about that. <laughs> uh, how, what, are you, what are you doing shots of? I am drinking. There's a drink that I like. It's called Slow and Low. Okay. And what is it? I call it. Are we getting that again? Let me turn my headphones down. It's uh, called Slow and Low, and what it is, it's basically an old-fashioned in a bottle. So you just, t- you just drop an ice cube in a glass. Pour it over the ice cube, and you've got a nice old fashioned without having to do all the work. It's like a, it's like a, it's very accepting for the lazy alcoholic. <laughs> See, I, I, I like old fashioned. Yeah. That's wow. for sure. So I could, I could get behind this. Slow and low is that what you called it? Oh, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. It comes in a <laughs> bottle that looks like Jack Daniels, uh, and it should be at your, you know, your favorite uh, store. And it's called Slow and Low, and it's a rock and rye, uh, and it's eighty four proof, and it is just delicious. Wow. It makes all your dreams come true. It's actually more magical than the magical place on earth which we all know is disneyland <laughs> <laughs> that is true uh well i will uh i'll be on the lookout for that i appreciate i appreciate the heads up i'm always looking for for ways to end my life very soon ever sneak booze into the park i i have not but i have friends that do and their names are <laughs> in alphabetical order are, are the friends that do are they on the show with you they are not no one of them is. Oh, one, oh. Yeah, I, sneak- I, I was just asking that because I want to see if you're more of a deviant than me because I do not sneak booze into the park. <laughs> I usually get uh, totally obliterated before I enter the park, but so that's just me. Can I can I give you uh, my my secret to doing it? I hope that. Oh my gosh, I just forgot that we actually have a listener who works for Disney what? Security. I'm here right there. Is that Terrence? I'm sorry. This is Terrence. Oh, awesome. I, 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 Terrence, I just wanted you to know that I actually have a token black guy on my show, too. So uh-huh. I, I was actually just talking to my token black guy, and I was saying, hey, we should definitely do some token black guy Jeopardy. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> you would probably you down? win. <laughs> <laughs> he probably win. Um, the best way to do it, they have these things called um, – It basically, it looks like a um, – oh It's a good story so far. Yeah, well, it's, it's called, I think it's called a tampoon. And it's basically just really? a, it's a flask. It's a flask, but it's not what it looks like. So if Disney Security checks it, it doesn't look like it's a flask, but you can sneak in rum. A tampoon. A tampoon. <laughs> so they just add an extra O? Yeah. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, yeah my wife actually has um, 
My actually, my wife actually has those, and uh, she has used them not at Disneyland because I never break any rules at Disneyland. Uh, but she has used those at concerts. Uh, there was a time where I was uh, going to a concert, and I wanted to sneak in some booze, and she didn't go with me. But we did have the tampoons, and <laughs> I had to sneak them in. I knew it wouldn't work as just putting it in my pocket because they wouldn't buy it. So I had to sneak them in in an entirely different way. But I know your show's clean, and uh, I won't even go into how I snuck the tampoons into the concert. I, I appreciate. It. I'm sure it's tucked in. <laughs> your sock and then that was <laughs> you know what now right. should have tucked it in my sock that would have been way less painful yes i should have tucked it into my sock that's true well too many slow and lows and you'll you know you'll forget the obvious there and go the go the hard route yeah so uh so so what do you guys got going on today i mean uh Not a lot, you man. guys hit me up and, and i'm sure you guys are all enthralled in this uh bs court case that's been in the news lately um i tell you i, I know that Recently, myself, I did an interview with a three-time Pulitzer Prize-winning writer from the L.A. Times, and he's actually picking up on the story, too, and it actually should be running this weekend. So I'm pretty sure that that's the same reason why you guys are wanting to get me on their show and poke around and see what's going on with this lawsuit, right? Yeah, per, uh, pretty much, man. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm fascinated uh, by this. And, uh, you know, like uh, I think Terrence told you before, uh, you know, we want to give you guys a voice. And, and mainly, I'm just curious. I'm not like the world's best interviewer i'm not the world's best podcaster but i'm super curious about stuff like this it's kind of like social commentary uh, i'm fascinated by why people would do stuff you know one on one side or another why people would make stuff up why, all, all this kind of crazy stuff so i figured uh we'd try to get you uh on on the phone and then and then here we are so uh you know if you want to jump into the story i know you have um, a backstory you want to you want to give the entire story and i appreciate that because that's exactly what we're after well, I mean, yeah, you know, something of this magnitude, it, it, it's obvious that something, something just doesn't blow up like this overnight. You don't right. just jump from everybody's having a good time to all of a sudden uh, some guy from Sacramento is trying to sue Disneyland, myself, and a bunch of other people from the social club scene. That kind of thing doesn't just happen overnight. There's obviously a backstory of how it got to that level. And the backstory is, uh, it, 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 it is simple in one aspect, but it's actually a little complicated. Um, but first off, I mean, a lot of your listeners, uh, apparently uh, their only relation to me is because they probably have seen my name mentioned in this yes. lawsuit, which it's been, uh, mentioned, uh, plenty of times in this lawsuit. Yeah. Um, but let me just give you a little background about myself. Uh, okay. first off, I'm 42 years old. And I know what you guys are thinking. I know, I know what you guys are thinking. 42 year olds, 42 years old. What is he doing wearing a social club vest? And believe me, I ask myself that all the time and I try to avoid wearing the vest, but I am 42 years old. Uh, I've got two kids, wait, wait. 15 and 22. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you just because you don't wear the vest. Why don't you wear the vest? Uh, I only wear it when I have to because I'm not a I'm not a biker and I'm, that's just not my thing and I think it's kind of uh, hideous and I think the whole vest thing is just a big joke, but I do wear it when we're doing a big club events and other kind of stuff like that just to, uh you know out of respect for everybody else. But See, me personally, my fashion choice I'd rather be wearing a Lululemon leggings and a skin tight <laughs> belly shirt than wear that stupid vest. Sounds good. Hey, you know you can't fault fashion first of all. Um, no, but uh, but seriously, how do people in the club? feel about that 
Who cares? It's Disneyland. Do, do they not they, care? They not allow, I don't care. <laughs> do, they, do they really not care? Because it, 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 I think that that would be something that people would be passionate about. Because from what I know about social clubs, and we have a dumb social club. Uh, it's like 25 people. It's not, it's not super you know, intense, but we have fanny packs because I thought it was funny. And then the moment I put my wallet and my phone in there and I didn't have it in my pocket, uh, it changed my entire life. And now I'm, I'm totally on board with the whole social club thing. I think it's great. But, but yeah. social clubs are for... You know, hanging out with your with your bros, with your friends at at the park, and kind of hanging out. And um, I I would think that if you didn't wear your your vest, y- y- you would be you know kind of poo pooed or whatever. But maybe that's different for each uh, well, club. You know, I don't know. I don't want to really uh, give in to people poo pooing me? I could really care less. But I mean, usually I, I I do when I go to the parks. I'm usually wearing some other park uh, piece of swag. I mean, our social club alone, I think we've got about 30 different t-shirt designs. We've got hats. We've got all this other kind of oh, wow. nonsense, which I don't make any money off of, and I don't understand why. But uh, we do have all this other kind of swag, and usually I'm wearing one of those pieces, but not necessarily the full uh, Sons of Anarchy uh, biker vest. Right, right, right. Okay, I, that, see, that's interesting to me. Yeah. I had no idea this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So a little bit about myself. I mean, in the, in the past, I've been a, a plant superintendent where I had a hundred boilermaker union guys working under my supervision. Um, I left that job and I worked at a private hedge fund for a while. Uh, then after that, I actually pursued something that's always been a part of my life since I was 18. And that's a, a live sound engineer. Um, and so I have my own company and I've worked with, you know, on the corporate side, I've worked with companies such as Microsoft, AT&T, HTC, Cal Baptist university, and countless others. Um, as, 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 as also along with mega churches such as Harvest, which does the big event at the uh, Anaheim Stadium and Crossroads and Corona and other stuff. Uh, but most of my time is spent on the music side where I've worked with bands such as um, Under Oath, Seosin, Alien Ant Farm, 30 Seconds to Mars, Coolio, The Addicts, Misfits, uh, Lindsay L, who's out on tour with uh, Brad Paisley right now, Switchfoot, Airborne Toxin Event, all kinds of stuff. That's that's my life. Since, I've eight, since I was 18, I've been doing live sound. Now, I had other jobs in between. Uh, but after when I hit about 30 years old, I finally just made the, the switch over to just doing live sound professionally as a career and not messing with the earlier jobs. Now, why is that important to what we're talking about? Well, first off, it's really not, but it does. I am wanting to establish that I'm a responsible adult uh, right. that likes going to Disney. Yeah, but you, I have a very, very busy life outside of Disneyland. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I, so for, I hear what you're saying, man. You don't, you don't, you're not just some dude, some schlub who only thinks about Disneyland and Disneyland his entire life. You, right. you're an adult with actual like aspirations. Yeah. Right, and, and that's I important gotcha. because gotcha. a lot of these subgroups, they look at other subgroups and they, and they just think, oh, these are these are hardcore bikers. All they do is wear a biker vest, and that's their lifestyle. No, that's not a lifestyle. That's some silly crap that I happen to put on once in a blue moon when I go to Disneyland. But that's not who I am. Uh, I'm, I'm a professional. My wife happens to, uh, you know, she's an office manager for a, a mortgage broker. You know, um, the other guys in my clubs, I mean, you, you've got fraud investigators, which is one of my VPs. Uh, you've got a guy that owns his own car sale business. You have all kinds of people that are mixed up in this social club scene. Right. Um, Which I think is important to remember, uh, especially in something like this, because at the end of the day, these are people. Yeah, exactly. M- more more, exactly. more than their interests outside of Disneyland, they're, they're human beings with lives. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, th- all the drama can sometimes seem like that's the focus, right? But, you know, we all have a life to lead. Right. 
Right, right. And, and, and there's all these, except pin traders. I think pin traders is the only subculture of Disneyland that actually doesn't have a life outside of pin trading. But that's just my personal opinion, and I won't take it too hard on the pin traders. Pin trading uh, is but, weird, dude. You know, no, it, that's so, fine. That's Pin trading is weird. Sarcastic. It just go with me. Uh, in case you didn't know, I'm just kind of a sarcastic guy. That's how I roll. Yeah. But there's, there's all these subcultures of Disneyland, uh, whether it be... For instance, the listeners of your show, or it's the uh, Mouse for Life button collectors, or it's the DL After Darkers that are always hanging out there in front of the mansion taking pictures in front of their secret location, uh, which they just happened to made a pen out of and just gave away their secret location in mass. But that's a different story. Um, I don't know. The DL After Darkers, you've got the pen traders, you've got the mouse chatters, you've got the dancers that dance at the ballroom on the side of the castle on Saturday nights. Um, you know, you've got guys like Jeff Reed. Jeff Reese is the guy that's uh, been to Disneyland over 5,000 uh, days yeah. consecutively. And yeah. I think he's closer to 6,000 days. Super cool guy. Yeah, we talked to him on the show. He's a nice dude. Yeah, these are all subcultures of Disneyland. And the one that I happened to choose to embrace was the social club scene. You're not a big dancer? Now, uh, no, not at all. I, 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 can, I can lean like a cholo, but that's about it. Right. Nice. Hey, man, sometimes that's all you need, man. You get the little arm move, and you're good. Yeah. So, so to me, when I see these different subcultures, you know, whether it's the kids that are waiting in front of the, the, the stage at the Tomorrowland Terrace waiting for some crappy cover band to pop up, but somehow they're hardcore fans and they show up there four hours later just to make sure that they're on the front row of that stage, which, you know, to each his own. Uh, but all these fans, all these subcultures to me, they're pretty much the same. They all, they all have the same thread of commonality. They all love the parks. They all have a lot of respect for the parks. They go probably a few more times than your average annual pass holder. Um, but they're all pretty much the same. They're just these, these super Disney fans with these super uh, just kind of uh, niche ways of how they show their love for the parks. Right. And like I said, for me, the, the way that I got involved in this silly world was through the social clubs. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel you, man. And, and I think that, that and I think that that's, that's a very important concept to keep in mind about the love of all these sub subcultures of the parks and how much, uh, they just treat the parks with respect. I think that's a very uh, common bond that needs to be kept in mind. I agree. Yes. Now with everything that's going on with me and Disneyland and a guy named Sarno, Everyone wants to cut right to the chase and get to the allegations and just, you know, oh, extortion, money in the park, all this other kind of stuff. But it really, there's a backstory that leads up to all this, and that's what I want to touch on. Uh, first off, let me, let, me, let me talk a little bit about my, about my involvement in the social club scene. Uh, back in February of 2014, an OC Weekly article uh, came out that was titled The Very Merry Ungangs of Disneyland. Yeah, I remember that article. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so I was sitting at a bar. Yeah, I was sitting at a bar with three of my friends, and we were just talking about it because we are all annual pass holders. One of the girls' uh, husbands was a wine sommelier at one of the high-end restaurants at the California Adventure, etc. And we were just sitting around, and we'd all seen the social clubs in the park, and we were just basically ripping on these social clubs and thought of how ridiculous it was that there was these young adults that were running around the parks wearing, uh, you know, motorcycle cuts and uh, acting like in our opinion at the time, um, like these little, little gangs of Disneyland. We right. thought it was so stupid and so ridiculous that we all came to the same conclusion that said, this is so 
much nonsense that we have to do this and do it bigger and better than any of the clubs that have come before us. Right. Yeah. And so that's what we did. I feel you. Uh, for us, yeah, for us, it was a joke. We saw something stupid, and it's like, hey, we all love Disneyland. Let's do this. And that's how the club, the White Rabbits, was born. Okay. It's very similar. And I, I, I'd, so, I'd be willing to bet there's a lot of that same origin story with a lot of the clubs. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I wouldn't say that about some of the Star Wars clubs. They're pretty hardcore, and uh, they talk in weird languages and, and, and that kind of stuff, and they might take it a, a little bit Please. weirdly uh, more serious than I do. Please tell me but you're... But in general, I think it's... Uh, it, Please tell me you're kidding that they don't. Very sorry, hearted thing. Sorry, there's a there's a delay. It's, I, I don't mean to talk over you, but please tell me that you're kidding that there's a star, there's Star Wars clubs that talk in different languages like that. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. But because um, I don't know. That's almost That's too the bad. Thing. Hey, it's good satire, I'm, Jake. I'm, I'm trying to tell you in that. A wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kind of way. <laughs> yeah, right. gotcha. All right. If that doesn't make any sense. I'm trying not to make any sense. So I hope you, I hope you, I am totally clouding you with that answer. Uh, <laughs> I had the I had but, the feeling. Um, Don't worry. Yeah. So so basically, the uh, the White Rabbits, the social club scene for me, and 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 no offense to any other subculture of Disney fans, but I would be hard pressed to find another large group of adults that laughs and has as much fun as the White Rabbit Social Club. Can I stop you there? Can I stop uh, you for half a second? Um, because I have to agree with you. Because I, you know, in in uh, preparation for this, you know, I was looking at uh, Facebook pages, Instagram pages, and. It's so surprising to me to see how many young children you guys have that are part of the group as well. And every picture is just people out having fun. And that's not right. what you see with a lot of other social clubs. A lot of other social clubs, it's uh, just a group of two or three people in the park or a group of 50 people with their back to the camera showing off their patches. And that's really it. But with you guys, I mean, it goes beyond no, the park. A full frontal club. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, all, like all, that. Of, all the photos I take of our club is our fanny packs on the table at Carthay <laughs> drinking Manhattans. Yes. Because that's all I really care about. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Jake. Um, so, so, but this is one thing that I want to I bring to everybody's attention before we go too far. Yeah. There's, there's one difference between all of the other subcultures of Disneyland and the social club scene. And that one difference is that they are so identifiable because of what they're wearing. Right. Now, that brings in a whole different world of issues for the social club scene that pen traders and mouse for lifers and all these other groups don't have to deal with. Uh, let, let me just set this example real quick and, and just, just, just take a voyage with me with your third eye in your inner mind. And let me just ex uh, uh, it, it describe a situation. Now, when you're at Disneyland, let's say right now during the holidays and you're walking down main street, okay. And it's just natural when it gets so packed, like right after the fireworks, that you happen to accidentally bump into a few people as you're walking down Main Street, and it's just part of being in a busy park. Uh, nobody's offended by it. Nobody's mad. It's just part of being in a big crowd at a Disney park, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely man. Okay, now, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Take 30 guys that are in that same crowd that is just bouncing off each other, put them in social club vest, and all of a sudden a big group of people becomes identifiable. And the same actions of walking down Main Street in this crowd where people are accidentally bumping into each other and doing all this kind of stuff, it, it, it takes on a whole different meaning because all of a sudden somebody, a guest, 
uh, somebody else is walking through the park and they see this group all dressed alike that is easily identifiable and they get bumped into on accident. They're like, oh, all these social clubs are just, uh, well, I can't say the A word. They're no. all buttholes. Yes. Uh, and, and so, say the B word instead. Yeah, so you understand that the one difference between the social clubs and all the other subcultures is that they are so easily identifiable. And so because of that, by nature, anybody in a social club has to be on their utmost, top-notch best behavior at all times. I mean, when I'm wearing my vest, I am fully aware that I'm wearing my vest. And if I happen to accidentally bump into somebody where I'm walking, I am almost like overly apologetic because you have to be. Because you're identifying a whole group. Right. And, and you're not only just identifiable, but I think by definition, you're also slightly intimidating. And I'm not talking about like That's the 12-year-olds or whatever, but, you know, if you're a 35-year-old dude and you have, you know, sleeves tatted up and you have the, the cut on, uh, you know, if you get bumped in or maybe, let's say, knocked over, whatever, right? You just see patches. You don't really see anybody else. And and, and, and so I, I would say you have to – well, I, mean, I guess I'm just going to repeat what you just said. You have to be over uh, overcompensating for how you look, not just because you're identifiable, but because – you you have an intimidating look. Any any group that's matched is and we are yeah. well aware of that. I mean, we're self aware of the fictitious biker image that's always being overcompensated for. Right. I, and and for me personally, I don't have any tattoos, but I happen to have wrestling bitch face, so I have to overcompensate <laughs> for that, you know, right. yeah. and act like all cheery and jolly and say, "Oh, I'm sorry that I you know bumped into you, ma'am. Can I buy you a churro and all this other kind of stuff?" But 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 you're absolutely right. I'm not the one that came into the social club scene and decided that we should all wear social club vests. I didn't originate this stuff. I came way after, uh, but it's kind of par for the course now. Right. But 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 you are absolutely right, and that's one of the things that we try to drill into the people in our club and and new club. Don't understand a social club vest. You have to be the nicest person that anybody in the park has ever met because you do look intimidating. Right. I don't care if you're four foot tall Hispanic chick that weighs eighty pounds. You're still in a biker vest, and people by nature find that is intimidating. And so that is definitely an obstacle that we have to overcome being in social clubs. That's true. The solution: um, fanny packs. Oh, stop. Yeah, fanny packs are way less intrusive. Of course, I'm going to be looking out for them. And if anybody bumps into me with a fanny pack, I'm Run. going straight to City Hall and filing a complaint. You should, dude, because you never know what's in that fanny pack. That's true. I'll tell you that right now. Switchblade in my fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> Switchblade and tampons. So, so we're, still, we're still working our way to, to the Sarno stuff, and, right. and, I, and, I, and I am going to get there. Um, so, anyways, when the White Rabbits came on the scene, uh, the social club community was like the wild, wild west. Not that people were out of control, but there was no communication. There was no talk or anything. It was just show up at the parks, meet a couple of people, and then walk away. So yeah. when, when I started the White Rabbits, I set up a couple of things. Uh, one of them was the Club Hub, which was just like kind of a lounge for people in social clubs to go to communicate and talk to each other. And it was kind of a unmoderated, do whatever you want, the Club Hub. But, it, but really what it was was it was a portal for communication. And one of the other things that happened is uh, we started a podcast that basically focused on the social club scene. Um, and, and, and originally when the, when the podcast radio underland, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, all that other kind of stuff. Uh, but originally when it started, uh, it was just broadcast privately to our private group of about 1300 or so hardcore social club members. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, and the podcast, Radio Underland, while it was funny and entertaining, uh, it also, and it still does today, it touched on issues in the social club community. 
Um, and that podcast has unofficially almost become uh, almost a voice of moderating, like a moderating body in the social club community. Um, so in turn, when issues arise within the social club community, it's usually brought to myself as one of the hosts of the show or one of the other guys' attention. Um, because we mod- now most of the moderation that's done is over silly things that you guys would find completely ridiculous. And it's kind of like stuff like, Colors. Oh, this new club just came onto the scene and they have the exact same clip art patch that we have. And now we're not original. And can somebody do something? Wah! And it's usually just nonsense like that because regardless of what people think, it still is a community and it is, it, it is, you know, everybody wants to be unique within the community. And so a lot of times on our silly show, we get called in to kind of moderate these instances. But because our show is looked up to, uh, sometimes we get more personal issues. You know, sometimes there's happens to be somebody in the park that's not acting appropriately. And then usually it gets brought to our attention uh, so we can kind of address the community on it. Let me let me stop you there, Jake, uh, and just, and just sure. drill down real quick. How do you feel about about that about basically handling the minutia of other adults issues with other adults does it bother you does well, it annoy I, you or, or are you happy to do it as a just a, a customer service kind of a thing or community service rather well it's 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 uh, let's be real here it is a pain in the butt yeah. and uh it, 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 it does consume some of my time but I have so much invested in our club. I mean, our club alone has 200 and around 200, let's just say 275 members. And I've invested a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into this club, and I don't want to see it screwed up. So I understand that in a, com- in a community of 1,300, 1,500 social club members, there are, there's going to be silly issues that arise. And somebody has to fix it. And it just because of my standing in that micro subculture community, most of the time, the people come to me. But not you, that I have any jurisdiction, not that I'm a, an enforcer, but people do come to me for words of advice. And sometimes there's these issues that we do have to handle. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where do I enjoy it? No, I don't enjoy it when I'm trying to have a day off and my phone's blown up with a hundred text messages, but somebody has to do it. Somebody has to be a voice of reason. And that's just kind of one of the roles that I happen to fall into and my club happened to fall into because we are the biggest club in the park. Okay. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I could see how that would be uh, um, a gift and a curse, I think, to, to be well, that. It, it is. Person. But, but, but the like reason why I do it is because I have a lot of time invested, and I don't, you know, don't want to see people getting in fighting. I don't want to see you know, any arguments, in, especially in the park. I mean, right. argue online, get it out of your system. That's fine. But I don't want to see anything happen in the park. And I, I don't want to see anything escalating to a point where it's going to ruin this whole baby that we have of the social club community. So right. yeah, I, I will step in and give advice where it's needed and it's wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sure. what, what happens if it's not wanted? Hold on. Say that again. What's happened if it's not, what happens if it's not wanted? Cause I completely understand Ooh. what, you know what I mean? I completely understand what you're saying. Um, but as, as you being, you know, you're saying this is a completely unofficial thing. You're trying to hold all the social groups together. What happens if it, if it goes unheated? Yeah, right. Uh, when it goes unheated, then we end up in a lawsuit with uh, against me and Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Fair oh, enough, that, man. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, this this scene's been going on for a long time uh, before I was around, but I've been involved in the scene going on four years. Right. And generally, I mean. I mean, you guys are asking me questions where it's hard for me not to toot my own horn, but for the most part, uh, that's our you job. Know, it, it, 
I got a friend sitting here and he's <laughs> laughing his butt off right now. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I, I'm a rational guy and, and, and I try to give people good advice and usually it's kind of heated and, 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 and people go along with it. But, but, but it does bring us into the whole realm of Sarno. Now okay, okay. I'll tell you one thing right now. I'm not going to say his first name and his last name together because I've already been kicked off of YouTube, SoundCloud and all kinds of other things for saying his first and last name together uh, because it becomes uh, something that could be borderline a personal uh, assault or attack. And all he has to do is type in a little email to YouTube, SoundCloud, et cetera. And next thing you know, your show's kicked off the air. Well, well, uh, but me, there are plenty of re- can- in the world and there are plenty of Johns. I just don't put them together in this story. Okay. Can I reiterate what we said at the beginning of the thing? Um, we, this is, we want you to have a voice. You do what you got to do to protect yourself. Don't feel pressured to do anything else. Yeah. Have you have you talked to a lawyer about this? First of all. Oh heck no! And and yeah. once I get done telling my story, you'll understand why. Okay. 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 Fair enough. I just I wanted to make sure, right? Because like uh, you, you you never know. <laughs> you just you never know. Oh, of course, of course, of course. And I'll tell you what: the second I'm served with a subpoena to go to court, I will definitely hire a lawyer. I read that that um, you haven't been served yet. Yeah, because it's a fictitious uh, BS lawsuit, and it's been almost 90 days, and nobody's been served. Disneyland hasn't been served. Kaiser hasn't been served. Uh, I haven't been served. All the people named in the lawsuit haven't been served. It was just a, in my opinion, scare t- tactic. Now, of course, I'm going to say that right now on your show, yeah. and tomorrow I'll end up getting <laughs> served. But it's been almost 90 days. It might be over 90 days. And to the best of my knowledge, nobody has been served in this fictitious lawsuit. That's how it works, man. That's how it works. You, you you think you're in the clear, and then there you go. Okay, so so let's 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 get to the whole Sarno incident. Okay, okay. I've kind of given you guys a little bit of background about me and my my place in the community, et cetera. Yes. Uh, but back in August of 2016, the mother of a 12 year old girl um, she messaged me through Facebook Messenger and said that a president of a social club had been constantly messaging her 12 year old daughter. Uh, for three months and she just found out about it. And that president uh, is, his name was Sarno. Um, And at that time, Sarno was the president of a social club called the main street fire 55. Okay. So can I say something real quick? Okay. So as, as a parent and as a member of a, of a Disney social club, if I had an issue, well. <laughs> oh, you know, a, a, yeah, whatever. A loose one, yeah. Whatever we are. Yeah. So um, if I had an issue with someone in another social club, I can understand coming to you. But this sounds like it's a legal matter. Doesn't it? Like, to sure. me, it sounds like she shouldn't have gone to you. It sounds like cops, she would have right? gone to the cops. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And I agree 100%. And that's the same advice that I gave her. However, she didn't want to do it. Huh. Why not? You know, that's something that you would have to ask her. Okay. But believe me, everybody and their mother told this girl to talk to the cops and it would solve a lot of these problems. But the girl, um, you know, it's a young mother. Uh, She just didn't want to do that for whatever reason or not. So since she didn't want to do that, it kind of pushes it to a different um, area. Because it's still stuck with the only person that can turn this guy into the cops is the mother of the daughter. And she didn't. But there's still this obligation of me understanding this information, what was going on, and all these other kids that are hanging around with this guy in the park and all these other people in social clubs that trust this guy where 
okay, if the mom's not going to go to the cops, it's not going to get taken care of that way. These people still deserve to know what's going on. Okay. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. I, I know it's a little complicated, but no, so anyway, she, so she came to me in August of 2016. And um, of course, the whole uh, reporting it to the cops conversation came up immediately. Um, and I asked the mom, I said, I, I said, what is your relationship with Sarno? And she said that they, that she had only met him one time in the parks. Um, and it was for about five minutes. And during that encounter with Sarno, um, he gave the 12 year old daughter a special limited coin that he had made. Um, which is, this comes into play here in a second. You'll understand why. Uh, and he told the little girl to, you know, take a picture of the coin and post it to Instagram. So, you know, the mother, I asked her, I said, Hey, you know, can you send me the screenshots of these conversations, uh, these three months of conversations between, uh, you know, Sarno and your daughter? Uh, because I just want to take a look. I want to see, you know, there's a lot of false ac accusations that go around too. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things where for me, yeah, I'm not the law, but I did want to kind of take a look and see what was going on. That's that podcaster, man. You got it. You, you want to get to the bottom of it. I feel you. Right, right, right. Um, so, so at that time, the mom said that she didn't have access to them uh, because she had blocked Sano immediately once she discovered this three-month train of uh, conversations with the daughter. And so, you know, I told her, I said, well, just go and go, go to his profile, unblock him. The messages will pop back up in your messenger. Screenshot that stuff and, and get it sent over. Um, now, at that point in time, I didn't know Sarno personally. I had heard of his club the Main Street Fire 55 SC. And all I knew was that he was a firefighter that started a club for other firefighters and people involved in the civil service. Okay. Um, the only, the only contact I'd had with him is he had sent me one message on Facebook and it was on Facebook messenger. And it was basically him asking if he could post a flyer for his upcoming nine 11 walk uh, in the club hub, which is the, you know, the big central club hub page for people in the social club scene. Yeah. And I told him straight up, I said, yeah, I said, the club hub is intentionally not moderated. Everybody has an equal voice. So, I mean, if you want to post something, go right ahead. But that was the only communication I'd ever had with this guy uh, prior to this mother, um, uh, you know, coming to me about these, this instance with right. his 12-year-old uh, daughter. Right. Uh, so, immediately after the mother brought this guy's kind of kind of to my attention you know and, and she was working on getting me screenshots of those messages i like any other person or any other reporter or any other person in the media immediately just started pouring over this guy's social media just out of curiosity to see what are we dealing with you know what i mean yeah absolutely and and so i i started I started noticing some really odd things for the social club community. Now I'm not going to knock anybody for whatever weird crap that they're into. Uh, but one of the posts that I saw on his Instagram was requesting other swingers at Disneyland to contact him and his wife. Yeah, if you're a male, contact me. If you're a female, contact my wife. And to me, immediately off the bat, uh, it just seemed really odd to me that somebody that has a Disneyland social club page for Main Street Fire 55 SC. I mean, generally we're family based clubs and it seemed really odd to me that this guy was putting an invitation out on his Instagram for swingers. Yeah, now it is I'm not going to knock anybody right. consent adults that wants to go swing. I yeah, don't care what sure. you do in your bedroom is your business, but it did kind of, kind of, make me curious as why to some guy was doing this on their Disneyland social club 
page. Was um, it was it because? Well, okay. Let me interrupt you for a second. I guess I already did. Uh, I agree with you on kind of both sides of what I perceive to be your conflict, right? Like, because uh, I read that in the in the Koning article. Um, I think it was in the Koning article. I don't know wherever it was. Um, and I was like, well, you know, who cares if he wants to swing? Who who cares? It doesn't really matter. But I, I think in the context, maybe of him posting stuff in your group, you maybe don't want to be associated with that, and maybe that's oh, kind right. of what skeeved you out a little bit, or or or, place, or what. Man. Not the place. Well, it just started. It just started to, um, you know, like I said, I've been in the rock and roll industry my whole life. I do live sound for swinging is like the least. It's like on backstage at a concert. It's like I'm not tamest thing you've ever seen. Right, swinging can't be like the most offensive thing to you. No, not at all. Can you imagine? Not, I, I'm pretty jaded when it comes to that kind of things. But it was something that when you have a mother that's saying that this adult male is has been talking to her daughter for three months. Yeah. And then you start seeing this other kind of stuff, and it just starts to, okay, there's nothing criminal there, but it is like kind of. It's weird. It's creepy. Danger Will Robinson, danger Will Robinson you right. know, what's really going on? Right, right. Okay. You know? and, and then I also, Now, remember, this is his Disneyland Main Street Fire 55 SC social club page at, at uh, Instagram. And, you know, I saw other posts, of, and one post was with a guy in a gas mask that was completely naked, lifting weights with his. Uh, yes. his unit tucked between his legs, uh, like Silence of the Lamb style. And it was just things that I thought was kind of, let's just say it was kind of tasteless well, it, for somebody that's a club that is Disneyland, Disneyland focused. Yeah, it, and all this other kind of stuff. It does kind of smack of predatory um, or grooming, uh, I, I guess you would yeah, call it. Gr- it. Yeah, we'll get that in a it's weird, man. It's um, weird. Yeah, so to me, it, it seemed like something that was just, you know, I, I'm seeing these images. I'm hearing a mom tell me that, you know, this guy's contacting the 12-year-old girl uh, for three months. And it's just starting to paint this kind of almost creepy lookout picture, okay? Yeah. Now, I didn't see anything illegal, but it just didn't look right it's or appropriate. Let's just go with appropriate. Yeah, I get okay? that. Um, so, so as I'm looking through all this stuff now, remember the only thing I know about this guy is that he is a firefighter and he has this club for other firefighters and civil servants. One thing I started to see from this guy's Facebook, and the only and the other thing I knew that about him was that he he, he approached me about doing this 9/11 walk and he wanted to advertise it. Okay, no problem, no harm, no foul. Uh, but one thing I started to see from his Facebook. And, and believe me, at, at the time when I was looking through his Facebook, the guy had pictures all the way back to high school posted on his Facebook. I, I mean, I saw pictures of his family. I saw pictures of his nieces and nephews who served in the military. Um, I, saw, I saw old pictures of his dad, who had the same name as John, which comes into play later. He had the same name as John, but with a different middle initial, who was an EMT correctional officer. Uh, but one thing that I didn't see in any of this guy's pictures was him as a fireman. I didn't see him in a fireman's uniform. I didn't see him at a firehouse. I didn't see him standing on a fire truck. I didn't see him at, uh, you know, graduating fire school, whatever that's called. I don't know. But I didn't say anything that actually associated this guy as a fireman. And the only thing I knew about this guy was that he was a fireman. Right. So, so he before, told you that he was a fireman, right? That, you know, that's where you got that? This is going down. I'm just by looking through his social media, I'm starting to just kind of sense some red flags of, wait a minute, what's, who is this guy? Right. You know, so, so what's he t- really going on? He had told you because that, that he was a fireman. Everybody. Right? 
He he's told going around telling everybody that he's a fireman with Sac Metro Fire. Okay. That's okay? the whole premise of the social club. Now, I understand that that alone isn't proof, okay? I'm well aware of that. Um, but I do know that every other fireman that I know and am friends with have multiple pictures of themselves in and around firehouses, fire situations, et cetera. Right. Um, but it, but I, I have to say, honestly, it did make me suspicious. And it okay. made me start looking at the guy a little closer uh, because all I was seeing it was a man claiming to be a firefighter, and he's also getting ready to do a walk, a 9-11 walk, under the premise that he was a firefighter with Sacramento, Sacramento Metro Fire. And then I've also got this mother coming to me saying that he's messaging a 12-year-old girl for three months. Okay. So in general, I had a very uneasy feeling about who Sarno really was. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm hoping that's making sense. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's definitely making sense, man, for sure. I get you. So, so, so you know, and not to mention, there's other so many micro uh, observations. Not to mention, you know, uh, Sarno's photos from high school on. He's he's a very large, hefty man. Uh, I mean, I'm talking obese. I'm talking some guy that can't get on some of the rides at Disneyland. And at no time did I ever see him in any of his photos within, let's say, 150, 200 pounds of being remotely close to being in shape enough to pass a fire academy or any sort of training. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, so as I was waiting to take a look at these messages that the mother was trying to retrieve, uh, between John, between him claiming to be a firefighter, between what the mom told me was going on, I had multiple red flags and you know, I just felt obligated to let some people know. Okay, okay, and 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 at no point did you think, well, hey, maybe I can go to the cops, or you just you just heard that she didn't want to do it, and you wanted to help her out and and well, just do do something. Okay, okay. you've heard what I've said so far. Yeah. What do you see that is actually criminal? Well, that's yeah, nothing is criminal, but it's the it's the unwanted advances of an older man on a on a on a a, 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 teen, a preteen, I guess. Preteen, well, yeah, yeah preteen. And and yeah, I but- I would think and and I don't know this to be true, but I would think that the Sacramento Police Department would act on on that, even just investigate if they got a tip that that was happening. And again, I, I don't know, and I'm not saying that you did anything wrong. I don't want that I hope that didn't come across that way. I'm just saying uh, I, I just wanted to clarify the the thought process on what happened after that because I know what happens next, and I just I want to well, make sure that you have to realize you have to realize, and that that's that's a, that's that's an excellent point. And maybe hindsight, you know, as we look back on it now, maybe um, I should have reported to the cops. Mm-hmm. But I also had a mother that was a mother of the daughter that was confiding in me in a in a confidential way yeah. that did not want to go to the cops. I didn't know what her reasoning was. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. For she sure. didn't tell me what it was. I mean, in, in this situation, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I almost felt like kind of like a priest where she was confiding in me. She doesn't want to go to the cops. I try to convince her to go to the cops, but she doesn't want to go to the cops. Uh, so that's something that she doesn't want to do. Well, who am I to overrule that and just spill out all of her information to the cops? Exactly. Yeah, I got you. You know, so, so there is a conflict, a conflict there, definitely. It's a tough position, um, but, man. I, but I, I don't, I don't envy you. The mom finally texted me the screenshots of the conversation with a 12-year-old girl. And when I read them, even though they were not sexual, it kind of freaked me out. Um, and, and, and let me explain why. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to read some of these text messages, and these are direct quotes, okay? okay? And if you want the proof of them, believe me, I can email them to you. I just have to black out some names. Um, <laughs> but the messages started 
Um, it initially started from the girl, and and she messaged Sarno, and she said, "Hey, sorry, I haven't posted the pictures of the coin. I've been busy. I'll for sure post it today." And that's in quote. Okay. okay. Well, that simple message from a twelve-year-old girl to a forty-something-year-old male Sarno opened the gates for Sarno to keep contacting this twelve-year-old girl for the next three months. Okay, um, he he would tell her things. Uh, like how this is a special point and get her a special entrance into what he called the Tomorrowland Park barbecue games and upcoming summer uh, games in the Disneyland parks, which I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. And oh, those um, were amazing, dude. You guys weren't the little there. Girl asked the, no. And the little <laughs> girl asked if the coin would get just her or her and her mom into this event. Uh, because the little girl's mom obviously didn't have a special coin. And John, John Sarno's reply was, and I quote, LOL, I know she doesn't. She's not cool enough. Just messing. I gave you the very last coin. Yeah, okay, that's weird, whatever. dude. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Now, now, those first text messages that originated from the 12-year-old girl happened at a respectable 9.30 a.m. and ended shortly after. Okay, no harm, no foul, so I'm talking back and forth. But this is where it started to get weird. The next night at 11.26 p.m. on a school night, John Sarno, an adult male, initiated another conversation with a 12-year-old girl that he had only met in the park for five minutes. And to me, just that premise alone of an adult male contacting this 12-year-old at 11.30 at night, I mean, come on, do you have kids? Yeah. Uh, not, well, I don't, not yet. but uh, I do. Know. I have three. Not yet. Soon. Are you gay, Jason? Uh, not all the time. <laughs> Just sometimes, only on the weekends. I, I totally feel you. Okay. Actually, on school um, So, so he the next night, you know, conversation's over. He hits up, he hits up this girl at eleven thirty p.m. on a school night, and he says, "Are you going to have my back on the twenty eighth? I need my peeps with me." End quote. Now, when I saw that timestamp at eleven twenty six between the twelve year old girl and the adult male swinger, that I know he's like a swinger and into all this other kind of. I, I don't know. I just really had a, a, a problem with an adult male that barely knows someone texting them at 1130 at night. Sure. And, and, and it sounds like you guys kind of agree to that, too. Uh, well, the little girl that was most likely asleep didn't respond back to 9.07 a.m. the next morning. And she said, and I quote, yeah, it should. It depends on my on my mom. Um, six. OK, so that conversation is done. Six days later at 1016 a.m., John Sarno texts the 12 year old girl or a girl again. Um, and he said, and I quote, uh, I'm going to need my bodyguard Sunday, which is, I don't know. It just sounds weird to me, but, and I quote, I'm going to need my bodyguard Sunday. Hope you're ready for Sunday fun day. Now the girl goes on to say that she lost her coin. John responds back and I, and, and I quote again, uh, that's okay. I'll bring you mine. You deserve to have the coin. Did you check for the lost and found? Uh, but I got your back in quote. John tells her again, I've got another coin for you. I'm quoting, I've got another coin for you. I can't have my bodyguard coinless. Um, the little girl asked him, and I quote, uh, how am I your bodyguard, LOL? And John responded back, and I quote, if anybody pushes me and kicks popcorn in my face, you take the popcorn and run. Uh, the little girl responded all excited about the popcorn, and John sent her two emojis, which was uh, – a popcorn bucket and a glass of beer, which kind of odd to be sending a 12 year old. Yeah. Um, after this, because there was a lot of messages that went back and forth, but it all came to a head over a three month period when John 
who's not affiliated with Sarno. These are two different people, just for the record, to keep my out of a swing. But it all came to a head when John text messaged the girl, you know, days later at 2.36 a.m. in the morning uh, and asked her if she was going to be at the uh, parks the next day. Well, thankfully, when he sent that message, uh, and I'm going back to my notes, it was actually at 2.35 a.m. to a 12-year-old girl. Um. I don't care who you are. I don't even uh, text my 15-year-old son at 2.35 a.m. in the morning because I know that he's got to get up for school. This adult male, almost 40 years old, texts this 12-year-old girl at 2.35 a.m. and uh, on a school night, and I'm trying to find what the exact text was. But anyways, it, okay. it was basically, yeah. are you going to be at the parks tomorrow? And what had happened is that the mother intercepted that text message at 2.35 a.m., and that's when it all came to a head. Okay. And that's when she contacted you, and uh, and it all went from there. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's, uh, that's yeah. Yes. I, I don't even know what to say. And to be completely honest, I was skeeved out just listening and uh, to it, and I kinda, I'm, I'm glad that you advanced the timeline there because I honestly didn't want to hear anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. It was making me feel really right. uncomfortable to hear yeah. it. And, and, and I actually had, some people, I actually had some people look at this uh, kind of child psychologist experience and just look at these, uh, and basically what they what they described it as was child grooming. Uh, you you, you kind of cut out there, but I think you said you they explained it as child grooming. Child grooming. That's exactly what it was ex- explained as from an expert that looked at this stuff. Um. Yeah, that's so I'm, I'm gonna gross. Just, you know, and it's one of those things where you know, here I am in this position, and, and I, I kind of, I'm, I'm getting a lot of echo. You're cutting you out. Have a speak. Yeah, I, th- I think I think maybe uh, your internet's being sucked down uh, a little bit. Uh, wow. I mean, no offense, but oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Suck, suck in the family Packers. Okay, right. um, but you know, this kind of behavior. And, and I, I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place of a mother that didn't want to go to the the authorities mm-hmm. uh, because as she read it, it creeped her out too, but she didn't see anything overtly sexual in the messages. But everybody else that read them was just like, oh, my God, you, you need to go to the cops. But for whatever yeah. reason, she didn't want to do that. But I, I was left in this position where I knew a lot of information about this guy in the parks that uh, families – so you've got to understand the social club scene. It's not uncommon for basically these people in the social club scene. They basically only know each other through Disneyland and they know each other through the social club scene. And they put a lot of almost unwarranted, maybe stupidity amount of level of test in these other people, just because they're wearing this stupid denim vest. I mean, it's not uncommon for, you know, a dad to say that I'm going to bug. I'm going to take my kid, your kid too. While I'm I mean, that kind of trust is something that happens. Uh, so, because I knew what was going on. Yeah, I think you're cutting out a little bit. See, you, got, you guys you are know, streaming too, and I think I think it might be interfering with the internet. I, I, I don't know, but you're, you're cutting out a little bit. I apologize. Uh, I don't know what I can do. Uh, 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 uh. The only cutouts that I'm hearing is I'm hearing it repeating back to me from like a speaker in your room or something like that. Oh, okay, no, that's that's not on our end. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, 
uh, I don't hear it, but I, ju- I just hear it kind of like dimming and then coming back up and then dimming yeah. and then coming back up. So, uh, but you know, it seems like it stabilizes on its own after a little bit. So maybe we just, I don't know, push forward, I guess. Okay. Going, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was in a rock and a hard place. So what I, what I did at that time was there was a private Facebook group, uh, that was just vice presidents and presidents of social clubs. You know, it, it was private just the privates, uh, the presidents and the vice presidents of social clubs. So I did make a post in there and I said, Hey, you know, uh, for what it's worth, you guys do this, what you want. There is a mom that is complaining about this adult male, uh, president of a social club that's been contacting her daughter. Um, you know, I'm just putting it out there when it comes to kids, I don't screw around and I would hate for some other parents to not let me know this. So here it is. He's been messaging this girl for three months. I just want you guys to be aware and do what you will and have caution. Okay. And um, I thought that was, I thought that was fair enough at the time, but sure. What it really did was it opened up the floodgates of people that had their unsignal stock. So when. when uh, yeah. Before I that, you're you're cutting out, man. I, I can't I can't really. Uh, we're not getting complete here. sentences anymore right now. What's that? Here, give me another call. Okay, I'll call you right back. Okay, no, I do. Yeah, I mean, what crazy, crazy? It's crazy. Yeah. Things are crazy right now. It Things is crazy. It is creeping me out, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know, and 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 that's uh, to to be honest with you, that's. Before I call, not before I call him back, but as I'm calling him back, it, it, that's the position I'm in. Like I, I, I want to hear about it, but I think we're we're getting a little too deep into it. Yeah, we're yeah. getting a little too deep into it. I know, I know, it's I important agree. to get the background, but it's it's it making me uncomfortable. Which I guess is the yeah. point. To be honest, I mean, it's you know because he wants to. But our audience is a little different than. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I said what well, I did at the beginning. All right. Are you How's back? it going? Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I, I, I hear me a little bit. I hear me echoing. Now I have I your problem. We've traded problems. problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, freaking internet. Hang on. Let me see what I can do. It's terrible, man. Uh, there's do is it really that bad is it unlistenable um right now it's fine it it, it seemed to got better which is kind of like our test call um but uh earlier it was unlistenable yeah we were getting maybe every other whole word and so that was kind of bad but uh i think right now it's it's stable enough so let's uh let's plug on and advance the timeline here okay so so at that time you know i let the presence of the other clubs uh know what was going on and i'd also sent out a, a a message to john specifically and i said hey man you know what's going on i've got this mom complaining that you're contacting her daughter what's what's going on you know what i mean mm-hmm. and at that time he didn't really respond right away um so i just went ahead and i let all the other presidents know okay. uh, now it was at a very critical time for john because it was about a month before his upcoming 9-11 walk right um so now, 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 believe me, the social club scene, we're involved in all kinds of types of fundraisers and all this other kind of stuff. I have nothing against anybody that's trying to raise money for any noble cause. But when something gets dropped in your lap like this, it's kind of like, well, you can't just sit there and be silent. You have to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I messaged him. He didn't respond. And, um, 
let me see. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, because I've got some scattered notes on this thing, and I'm kind of trying to well, sort through it to make sure I don't miss some of this important stuff. Well, that's fine. I mean, uh, I, I think if we can, if uh, do you think it'd be all right if, uh, for the timeline's sake, if we just skip ahead to the event and to the actual confrontation? Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, but 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 there's also some things. <laughs> I mean, I, because I, I, there hasn't been much other than the story that established a character of well, uh, I, of John. I personally and, think and, we're there. I I, I personally me, think that we've 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 reached we've that reached point. It, yeah. Like I, we we get oh, it. No, you've kind of reached the tip of the iceberg, but you haven't really sure. understood the outrageousness that this guy is willing to, to go through. Let, let me just read you one text message between him and the vice president of his club at the time. And, okay. and this is the vice president of the club, and he's saying, oh, fun, how was your guys' new year? And here's Sarno. It was good. I made $1.4 million for this year, so it'll be a great year. And his VP says, that's awesome. How did you do that? And then Sarno says, I sold a movie to Disney with the rights to 10% of box office and DVD sales. How was your New Year's? Okay, so that's, that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg of all kinds of stories this guy was telling. There's, there's one story that's almost heartbreaking of this family that lived up in Reno, Nevada. Because like I said, once I posted this on the president page, all these other people started to come out with these sore stories about Sarno. Uh, there was this family that lived in Reno, Nevada, and they were annual pass holders. Uh, Sarno had contacted them and told them that, that he had contacts at Universal Studios and for them to come down and that Sarno would pay for them to stay at this, in a suite at the Sheraton right there almost in the parking lot of Universal Studios, and he would get them all signed into Universal Studios. This this family from Reno, uh, Reno, wherever, Nevada, drives all the way down here, and as they're on their way down, I mean, they, they're talking to Sarno up until like a day before they leave. They leave, they come down here, and as they're coming down here, Sarno just goes silent and won't respond to anything that they're that any calls or anything. And this is a family driving from Reno based on this guy's word. These assignment to universal studios. Basically uh, the family came down anyways, because they were annual pass holders. And so they ended up staying next to the parks and they, the, the father ended up paying for the kids to go to universal studios anyways, because that's kind of what the trip is for. Right. And Sarno didn't respond back till a week later uh, where he stated, um, oh yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, one of my fellow firefighters, uh, died in, in, in a horrible accident. I had to make an emergency trip and I had to fly out of town. I'm so sorry about that. Please forgive me. In fact, and at the time the guy kind of believed the story because he thought he was a firefighter and all this other kind of stuff. At that time, John Sarno tells this same guy, he says, listen, I'm in Reno. I mean, I'm in Sacramento. You're in Reno. He's like, I'm going to drive over to Reno. I'm going to meet you guys for dinner, and I'm going to pay for dinner and, you know, kind of make this right as an apology because I kind of screwed up on the uh, 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 Universal Studios. So the family loads up in the car and goes down to meet John at this restaurant that he's supposed to be driving up to. And guess once again, who's a no-show? John. Yeah. And so once again, John doesn't answer his phone, doesn't respond back, responds back about a week later and says, oh, I'm so sorry. I had an, we had to have an emergency trip to the vet for one of their animals or something like that. Now, these stories about this guy start just like flying out of the woodwork. Based on, okay? The, okay, based on your, your, your post. Right. People have all kinds of stories about this guy. They have stories about him, you know, shoplifting at the parks. They have stories about how he goes into And these aren't my stories. These are stories that are coming from other people in the scene. 
And any of these stories I'm telling you, believe me, I can get you in contact with these people and they can, they can tell you these stories firsthand. There was one group of people that he told, uh, we're going to have a birthday party for my wife. We're all going to meet at Club 33. You guys are invited. I'm getting you guys all in. They all dress up, suited and booted, go to Club 33, and guess who's a no-show as they're standing out there by Pirates of the Caribbean waiting to get into Club 33. Yeah, that's not cool. John. Yeah. Okay. John is also a guy that he happened to model for spy sunglasses. He also happened to be on 90210. Oh, here's a, here's a really interesting story. Um, he said that he was on 90210, his actress name. The guy is sitting right him, and he pulls up the guy's the name. I, I think the name is something like Michael Brown. Uh, the okay. guy pulls up the name and 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 he pulls up the name and, and here up pops the, the picture the publicity photo of this actor and john looks at it and says yeah that's me and then the guy shows it to john's wife and john's wife says no that's not him i mean these two couldn't even get their lives straight yeah they were just pathological just insane liars so here we are sitting in the social club community and we've got this guy that's a pathological liar stories coming out of the woodwork He's scamming all kinds of people. People are complaining about him ripping them off and silly things like pin trading and all this other kind of stuff. And we've got this guy that's doing a 9-11 fundraiser, scamming people, and talking to a 12-year-old girl for the last three months. Right. I think we're set. So let's fast forward. Let's Let's fast fast forward to the day of the 9-11 walk. Let's do it. There's all kinds of crazy allegations in this lawsuit. And one of the allegations, let me see, I don't have it in front of me, but um, the the seventh allegation in the lawsuit, let me see if I can find it in my notes because I want to actually read this word for word. Um, Okay, here it is. Uh, The seventh allegation in the lawsuit is that one week before the event, and I'm, I'm quoting directly from the lawsuit of what, you know, John has filed. One week before the event, when John Sarno was on Disneyland property, the defendant, Jacob Fight, and four other individuals who, on information and belief, are members of another Disneyland social club called the White Rabbits, approached John Sarno on Disney property and demanded that he pay them protection money in the sum of $500 for them to protect the event participants during their walk. Right. Okay, that's a big one. That's the big one that everybody sees. Holy crap, you know, these Disneyland games are going around. They're extorting people. Everything's out of control. I understand that nobody listening to this has to believe me. I, I totally get that. But I had never met Sarno in person. We'd had some text messages back and forth. But I had never met Sarno in person till after the walk on the day of his event. So he's claiming that you were there uh, trying to extort him, and but you were never there. No. You never I met never, I, 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 I'm not saying I wasn't in Disneyland, but I had never met John in person until the day of his 9-11 walk. Now, in the allegations, he claims that one week before the event, property, I, with four others, approached him with $500 for security money for his event. Well, you know, and, and to now, be honest, when I, when I heard that, I, it, it sounded kind of weak anyways. And I was telling the, the, the guys this before, you know, before we started the show. Like, I, I never really believed the $500 thing because that's 
That's ballsy. Yeah, it is. You know, that's really ballsy to just go, hey, give me 500 bucks. It doesn't seem like it based in any sort of reality at all. But I wonder why he would make that up. I mean, it sounds like he's used to making stuff up, allegedly, well, of course, because I don't know for sure. Those outrageous stories that right. he was, and believe me, there's plenty more outrageous stories. He he was I'm on sure. the practice team for the 49ers. He, all, all kinds of nonsense. Well, who wasn't? Okay? The 49ers aren't very good. But, I mean, that's my pickup line when I yeah. go into a gay bar. But, <laughs> you know, the thing is, the guy's a storyteller. Right. He's make-believe. He's baloney. You know, and, and, and you're, I mean, the whole thing about me meeting him with four other guys and extorting him for $500 is just ludicrous. It is ridiculous. It's unfounded. And that's probably one of the main reasons why this guy's going to be facing a defamation lawsuit from my side of things once it comes into 2018. Really? But yeah, we're working on it. We're seeing it, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking about it and it's uh, definitely a high possibility, you know, because, because the reality is you've got to put yourself in my shoes. There's a lot of people that read these articles, whether it's David Coning, whether, whatever it is, and they don't pay attention that, that, that they're reading allegations from one side in a lawsuit. Right. You know, they copy and paste it. They put it in there. And people, when they see it in print, especially coming from a source like David Koning, they read those allegations and they automatically jump to the conclusion. Oh, wow. This must be real. Or at least it's got to be partially real. Right. Right. I mean, that's kind of where people jump. Well, and and, you know, and when we read them on on, we did on the air, I was like, well, look, this is clearly one sided from the thing. But I'm interested to figure out what happens because who makes this? You, you can't file a lawsuit without proof. I mean, you can, but you're wasting money on an attorney right. and filing fees. You have to back up the things that you say, and it sounds like everything is all hearsay. Yeah. So how how can you file a lawsuit? The only person who's going to win is is his attorney. Yeah, exactly. And, and I agree with that 100%. And maybe that's the reason why nobody has been served. Maybe it was just his way of spending $400 to put a big smear campaign out there and a tactic to try and, you know, defame uh, the social club community and some people that he didn't like. Um, but, but you have to remember also, and this is a key ingredient, his wife was a county clerk for the Sacramento Courthouse. So the shuffling of paper and the filing of lawsuits is something that she does professionally. Sure, but it still costs money. I mean, I I, I don't it think does. that you can file something for free over there. Yeah, yeah, it does. It costs five hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, there's your five hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, one of the other things that in the allegations that I mean, even a preschooler that's familiar with Disneyland can realize something's wrong. Uh, he also says that I extorted that five hundred dollars, and he also in the allegations it's worded so that I w- uh, Disneyland was aware that this was going on. Now, if that's not just a huge red flag that people that know Disneyland, that know anything about the parks, that know anything about corporate business would know that Disneyland would have no part of anybody running around the parks and extorting people for $500. Right. And, I mean, just the thought alone of of myself going to somebody to extort $500 is just ludicrous. But, but, But he was pissed. He was mad. He was very angry. I mean, this lawsuit got what what happened was, okay, the first time, let's get to the first time I met John in person. Okay. The walk had already happened that day. Um, 
everything, uh, his walk for the day was done. Well, we'd had some text messages back and forth, and, and, and this is one interesting part of the text message back and forth, you know, and I, I tried to be somewhat compassionate with the guy in the text messages, and I said, listen, I said, listen, John, I said, you got a mom saying this, you're claiming to be a fireman. I said, I'm grasping at straws here. I said, I just want to hear something from you that actually confirms that you're a firefighter because I'm looking at your life, and I don't see any, I don't see anything that reflects that you're a firefighter. Do you have a badge number? What station are you at? Who's your chief? He wouldn't answer any of those things. He did send me a picture of an old EMT card. Now, I remember earlier I said that I already researched on his page and saw that his dad had the same thing, uh, same name, and his dad was at the correctional offices. He did send me a picture of this old EMT card, and mysteriously, two things were taped over on the EMT card that he sent me a picture of. The first thing was the middle initial on the card, and the second thing was the expiration date. And um, so, you know, I, I was trying to get him to come out of that, you know, come clean about him being a firefighter or not. But uh, you got to realize, at, at, at the point of that walk, he had known that I had put the uh, post up in the president's page about him talking to the um, 12-year-old girl. Right. He had known that other people were just coming out of the woodworks with crazy stories about him. He had known that I was pushing him in a private you know, message between me and him uh, that I wasn't believing in any of his stuff. So the guy was pissed off. Sure. Okay. So the first time I met him was the day uh, of his walk. It happened to be, of course, 9-11. All the social clubs got together, and uh, we kind of made an event of it that we were going to go hang out and watch the the flag lowering ceremony. And um, so there was a group of us, you know, like maybe, I don't know, 50, 60 of us there. And so right as it's ending, we were all up up the steps in front of the, the, the train station, and we were watching from up there. And right at the end of that was the first time that I met John Sarno in person. I saw him walking uh, up the steps, and he came up, and he uh, started getting in my face right there at Disneyland. Hmm. And that was the first time I actually met him in person. Like, when you say getting in your face, what do you mean? Um, He... He got in my face, and uh, I, I mean, I mean, there, it's not like there was a, a fight, but he, he got up real close into my face, and he started saying things like, uh, "He's all you're going to jail. You better pick out your 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 cellmate because I've talked to my union representative, and uh, what you're doing is against the law." Hmm. And I said, you know, I kind of countered back. I said, you know, all I'm doing is telling people the truth of what's going on. I said, why don't you be truthful, John? I said, um, you know, where's, where's, where's your proof of being a fireman? And you know, he, he just came back, and it was just kind of back and forth. He was like, you're going to jail. I'm going to sue you, which I have to admit, he was a man of his word, and he, he did he, sue He me. did do that. Yeah, didn't lie true. about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so and it was kind of just going back and forth. It wasn't really causing a scene in the parks, but it was, it was a little bit of confrontation, but the crowd was packed so tight at that time that it wasn't really noticeable. Uh, but we did keep on going back and forth. And I just, I mean, I, the main thing I kept telling him was just, just go away, John, just leave me alone. Just step back, leave me alone, walk right. away. Uh, and he just wanted to keep him mouthy. I think he felt a little cocky that day because he just had the successful walk that morning and he thought he was the king of the world. And, um, I said, and this is where it gets maybe a little bit of a, a slippery slope. I said, listen, John, I said, your walk is done. It's over. And I'm not talking about the future. I mean, for that day, that physical time period that his walk was done. Mm -hmm. I said, 
everybody knows who you really are. Just leave it alone and just, you know, just leave it alone. And he's all, no, you know, we're already planning next year's walk. I said, John, I said, listen, I said, I have an obligation to these people, these people that work hard for their money that are going to contribute to your event and be a part of this. I said, if, and I don't, not in a blackmail sense, but I said, but if you proceed and you're going to do this, then I have an obligation to all these good people to let them know who the real John is. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, if you do that, you know, you're going to go to jail and blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know, John, do whatever you want to do. I said, it's totally up to you. I said, but, you know, I'm not going to stay silent yeah. about who you are. And what you well, yeah, and, th- and, and that sounds like the crux of his, you know, his argument, um, you know, um, that that he took that as as you preventing him from doing something and, and kind of ran with it, I guess. Well, and, and so all I know is this. All I know is that the next day on the group for the Facebook event regarding his for the next year's luck. And um, so I just did what I thought I was kind of obligated to do. And I kind of assembled all the information. I got all the callers on the phone um, that had all these crazy stories. I got them to call into the show. And the, a week after that day on Tuesday, when we do our podcast at 8 PM, um, I just had everybody call in and start explaining who John Sarno was. And believe me, that show really, really pissed him off i can imagine i can imagine so and then that's what happened you know um after that time uh you know he he got a very negative rap around the uh social club community mm-hmm. i mean he was kind of exposed and there's way more details to this i mean it, it's a long story there's there's way more details on about how many t-shirts were sold how much money he donated oh, and there's yeah. just scams going on i imagine right. but that's I, that's beyond our I mean, scope there yeah. it's way deeper than this but i'm just giving you the story that led up to the actual lawsuit okay okay and so that's what sparked the lawsuit Okay, that's crazy. Um, he, shut, he shut my podcast down on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and some other stuff. Um, but we're still here. Um, but that was the motivation behind this whole lawsuit that everybody's seen today. That's a crazy story, dude. That is that is um, <laughs> that's that's it. It seems insane. I mean, on a number of oh, levels, but it, it most it, in real life things that I've been a part of in my whole life. I can imagine. I I, I can totally imagine. Um, and 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 I read that his social club has been disbanded, and the Facebook page isn't there anymore, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, have you heard from any of his other members, or just kind of everything just kind of uh, fell yeah, by the wayside? Yeah, I have heard from a lot of his members that were in his club. Have obviously they've they've left his club once he was exposed. I mean, a lot of you know the funny thing is is this lawsuit is against the White Rabbits, but really the White Rabbits didn't have much affiliation with sarno at all and a lot of the people that are named in the the lawsuit are not white rabbits it's people from other social clubs that were actually associated with them uh, but he kind of lumps it in everybody assumes it's all white rabbits but it's really not it's a bunch of other people from other clubs and, and a lot of people that were in his club i mean no harm on them it's it's not their fault that the guy that they you know signed up in his club was just kind of a jackass yeah. and a lot, a lot of the people are still around but they are in other clubs and and you could talk to uh, anybody that used to be in part of Main Street 
fire 55 and they have nothing but negativity to say about this guy. And that was one thing, like, you know, like I said, I didn't know much about the guy. And so I did start asking around a lot, everybody that had ever come in contact with him. I did ask him, Hey, what do you think about this Sarno guy? Who is he? What does he do? And it's funny because even the worst people that I know, one or two people will come to their defense. Mm -hmm. When I was talking about Sarno with people, I didn't run around. I didn't want to run across any person anywhere that said, well, you know, he's a pretty nice guy. Um, he just kind of exaggerates a little bit. Nobody was positive about this guy. Everybody had stories about how he rooked them, how he lied to them, how he did all kinds of stuff, That's crazy. which I thought was pretty amazing to have that kind of uh, reputation. Right. That's uh, yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. That is uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. To uh, sure. to run to run through that, man. It's uh, you know, and and then I think like, we were emailing a little bit uh, before the show, um, and and I'm wondering if if you want to just talk to me real fast about social clubs and. Sorry, I knocked my mic over. Um, I'm so blown away, <laughs> and I've had too many beers. Um, about social clubs in in general in the park. I mean, do you do you think that there is. A, a social club problem because a lot of people online feel that there, that there is and and I think we were talking a little bit beforehand about the intimidation factor and um, the people who don't necessarily understand what social clubs are or they've had bad interactions with people in social clubs of all kinds um, is, is, right. is a social club something that needs to happen at Disneyland does Disneyland need to step in and say hey no more patches no more this kind of gang club thing uh, let's just all come to Disneyland and, and just be humans. Um, well, I'll tell you what, uh, you already heard my personal opinions about the vest. So I, I would probably be the first one to jump up and do a backflip if Disneyland came and said, hey, no more three-piece patch vests in the park. Mm -hmm. um, I would probably be the first one to eat birthday cake and pop balloons because I hate the dang vest. But would it change anything? No. It, it, it wouldn't really wouldn't change anything. It would just mean that social clubs would be less identifiable. Um, and like I said, do I think there's a problem with social clubs? Yeah. Honestly, I've been around the scene for four years. Okay. And the only incident that I know of, which unfortunately happened to be with one of my 275 members, um, which it didn't get into a fist fight, but there was a yelling match in the parks and, and it got a little bit out of hand. Uh, it was something that I was very ashamed with. And believe me, the person in my club was taken care of uh, drastically immediately. And, but out of four years, I've never seen any incident happen. Now I've heard lots of allegations. I, you know, you hear things like, well, social clubs, they walk around the park like they own it. Um, I don't even know what that means. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I've heard that about uh, annual pass holders also on the other side. And and what, what I think it means is there's a confidence and I'm not saying and, and oh, let me let me back up in every group. There are jerks in every group. It's yes. just because it, it's human beings. We want to have a pride of ownership. We want to belong, but we also want to psychologically feel better than everybody else. That's right. just kind of how we work and, and whatever. So I think that annual pass holders get a bad rap because they walk around like they own the place. I think social clubs get a bad rap for the most part for that as well. Yeah. Do are, are there are there actions on both on both groups? Let's call annual pass holders a club. Let's call them that. Why not? Uh, in, in both sides of that um, that have, um, you know, done horrible things to other people or been rude to cast members and have a sense of entitlement yes 
without knowing for sure, I would I would just bet yes. But also, so do just the norms who come from Ohio who've never been to Disneyland. Yeah. I guarantee you that right. they've been rude to everybody too. So um, I think while you're saying yes, they're 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 identifiable. Um, I, you know, I wonder if if not having that patch would make them less identifiable with with a group, and it would kind of take away some of that. But that's assuming that this is a rampant problem, which I, I don't know that it is. I've never had a poor uh, interaction with anybody from a, a, a social club. I, you know, it's just kind of not, it's hard right. to when you have a fanny pack on. You can't be tough. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, I can, but no one else can. You, you know, the thing is, is like I said, and we talked about this earlier, the vest is intimidating to, to normal people and, and, and social clubs wearing the vest are intimidating in a group. It's just the way that it is. There's right. no way around it. And we try to overcompensate it for it. But the reality is, you know, there's a lot of people that just, they, they, they can't, they're always going to be intimidated about it and there's nothing you can do. Right. But I'll tell you what, if the vest was gotten rid of, it wouldn't stop the social clubs. It wouldn't stop these groups that hang out together all the time, but it would make them less identifiable. And you'd probably hear a lot of people stop complaining about the social club because they wouldn't know who they are. Correct. They're unidentifiable, but the, the, the people are always going to be there in these clubs. I mean, my club, you know, we do stuff all the time, man. We had 80 people or something like that over for Thanksgiving dinner outside of the parks. I mean, we did a fundraiser two weeks ago uh, for anti-bullying. We did a fundraiser for Christmas where we sent needy family Christmas gifts. Uh, There's stuff that we do all the time. And And believe me, I'm not one to say that we're a charitable organization because we are not. We are a social club. We're out to have fun. But we do do a lot of cool stuff. And that is not going anywhere. Now, it might make a lot of some people that are intimidated feel better if the vests were gone. But the reality is, the reality is, is that group of people are still going to be there. It's just that you won't notice them and you won't have any anybody to pin it on. Right. Taryn, go ahead. So I had a question because, um, I mean, we've already talked about, like, the vests are a kind of a big deal, right? So we know, you know, if something happens in the park and somebody's wearing a certain vest, you know that it's part of that group and it kind of reflects back on that group. So I'm, we've heard a couple of things over the past couple of days. I'm sure you've heard sure. many yourself. When things happen, uh, when like members of your group do things or you hear of stuff, how do you handle that as like a, the leader of the, the group? Oh, my group? Yes. Uh, my group, I mean... If somebody steps over the line, they, they, they get either suspended or kicked out. I mean, you, you would be surprised at how tight we have to be. you got to realize, I, I, for four years, I've been walking around the parks with 275 members, and we have no record with Disney, per se, of incidents or anything happening. There's been one questionable incident with a, you know escalated to a little yelling. But in my club, I can't speak for all clubs, but... Most of the clubs kind of model after what we do, but if people step out of line and they're caught doing anything that makes the social club scene or other clubs or our club look bad, they're gone. We just don't have, we cannot tolerate that in the social club scene because like I said, it's too identifiable and you can't have people walking around being a 
butthead right. than a social club vet. It's just word. not. It's it's just not acceptable. Yeah, I, and and I, that's good to hear because yeah, when we posted the show, we we had a few people contact us, and and just to let everybody, you know, your people and, and our people listening, uh, it's not an ambush. I talked to you about it before, and you were totally cool about it, and and wanted to talk about it, and so I appreciate that. But I'm not I'm not springing it on you. I don't want right. anything to spring right. it. Um, but we had a few a few people, I think three or four actually, contact us and say they've had issues of of people from i think from your club specifically like yelling at them in the park which you know you've already identified which is fine and i'm not saying that you're responsible for every single member of your group that would be insane for us to say jake you're you're the butthead because you can't (laughs) wrangle everybody like that's not that's not realistic but uh there was one gal in particular who said that she was followed to work by people from your club and and her manager was contacted and and i'm not saying that um followed to yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I, it's it's a Facebook message. I don't have you know uh, necessarily proof. There's a couple screenshots, but I, I, I guess, and I don't want to get into it as far as this person said this. I don't want to be a mediator because it's not our kind of show. I kind of don't, you know, it's not my thing, right? Uh, I'm passionate about, but it sounds like. If anybody has a problem with you or your club, then they can just come to you, yeah. and it's not a big deal. Is that about is that about a fair assumption? Of course, you, you got to realize that we try us, me, myself, the other presidents of the clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, our job is not to lead this gang of ruffians through the Disneyland Park. Our main goal is just to make it so it's a place that people in our club have something to do. We plan events, and we're basically the club. I can't say that word. Uh, we're the club <laughs> servant, right. and we're just trying to make it entertaining for the people in our club. And the last thing that we want is anybody in our clubs acting out of line. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, if something like that, what you just just described, if somebody stalking somebody and following them to work, uh, screw talking to me about it. Call the cops. Get these people arrested. Exactly. That right. is not okay. Right. But. I have my doubts of whether or not that story is true, but at the same time, yeah, sure. You want to come to me about it? Go to the cops first, come to me, go to Disneyland security, whatever. Uh, But that type of behavior, if if it was actual and factual, that type of behavior would never be tolerated in any club in the social community. And people that, that did that kind of stuff would just be immediately excommunicated. Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah, it is. And I and That's I'll, cool. I'll reiterate I'll reiterate what Jason already said is that within any group and if you're saying you have 275 members ish you probably <laughs> have some jerks in there and that yeah. happens. I mean, it happens in any group of people. And so Look at Congress. Look at uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I completely get it. And like I said, if there is if there is any validity, if there is validity, the, the 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 people in our club. Yeah, yeah. they might be some people that are in their day-to-day life are an a-hole. Yeah. I mean, I, for one, am probably one of the biggest a-holes you've ever met. <laughs> but they know good and well that when they're representing the club, when they're in the Disneyland parks, there's no room for a-holes. It yeah. just cannot happen. You better be the most polite, okay. apologetic, friendly person that you've ever met in the parks. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's yeah. good to hear. That's cool, and you know, hey man, I, I appreciate again being willing to talk about it. Uh, you, you know, it's uh, I don't think everyone would, um, but uh, yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it, it's given me ton of. Enough. 
What's advice that? and not go public about a lawsuit that invite, involves them and one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see how this how this shakes out. I'm very yeah. interested to see what happens uh, with it, if anything actually happens. I just it, I, Again, it boggles my mind. It, 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 it just it, it makes no sense. It makes yeah. no sense to me at all. It's, it's like a, a, a Netflix series script got released. <laughs> And that's one thing that I could definitely say that if there's any producers that are out there listening, uh, <laughs> yeah. definitely we've got a reality show on our hands. Oh, At I'm least a lifetime notes. movie, like maybe a gay lifetime movie. I'm not sure. Oh, but for sure. Something like, like on sure. like on Freeform or something. I think. Um, well, look, I'll tell you what, man. If they hear about it from our show, we, we you at least have to give us a little taste, like a little, like a three percent cut or something. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. I just want to get my beak hey, wet. So the Fanny Packers going to be at the park. That's why I want to know. That's a good question, man. No um, we're, you know, we have some members in Canada who don't come all the time. Um, you know, we don't really go all the time. I'm trying to be there on my birthday, actually. That's oh, what really? we're working on. You know, it might nice. be a couple of weeks. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Just Can- me- yeah, me and the are wife. we going to do this token Black Jeopardy or, or not? I, I need, I need confirmation. We have to. If we do it, yeah, message me. I'll do it on your show. Okay. All right. So I got Terrence lined up for token Black Jeopardy. We're definitely going to do this. Sounds good. Right now, both shows. Yeah, did you hear that? That was Steph. That's my token. Uh, how, how about we integrate it with both shows right now? <laughs> yeah. And do it right now. <laughs> no, because it's like not our shit. Something. We're already that is- at an hour 45, and we're <laughs> yeah. at an hour long show. Well, the problem is also, I don't want to, like, we already have a, a, a guy that does knows everything about Disneyland music, and he was proven wrong on our show. And I don't want to lose on my show. I'm okay with losing on your show, <laughs> yeah. but I don't want to lose on my show. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna bout about anything, it's definitely not gonna be Disneyland music. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> social club. I mean, me as a whole, like I, I like, I love my social club. You know, we're a huge family. I like the scene as a whole. Yeah. And I'm a great fan, but not to the point of knowing the, you know, ten different versions of Fantasia. No, I'm, I'm uh, with you. Yeah, man. I I tell people all the time. People go, "Why do you like Disney so much?" And I go, "It's not Disney. It's Disneyland." Mm-hmm. For me, there's a difference. Yeah, like yeah. the Disney Corporation, I, the I, umbrella. Like I don't know that much about it. I've, I haven't seen Moana yet. <laughs> I haven't seen half of these shows. But Disneyland, I really enjoy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If the you. debate was what beers do they offer at Disneyland, the, you, I'd win. That would be a good yeah, show. Yeah, heads down. Well, you know. Thanks a lot for having me on your show and That's kind of just, you know, talking to you guys. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I saw some of your comments on your page about, you know, this lawsuit's got to be true and blah, 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 blah. These, these social clubs look like they're entitled in the park. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I am appreciative of the fact that you guys gave me a few minutes to actually talk to you and explain what was going on. And, and thanks for listening. Yeah, of I course, mean, man. Um, yeah. And, and really, I, I made that comment specifically to try to get someone's attention because I didn't know how easy it would be. That's why I gave Terrence the opportunity. He tracks people down for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, that, that comment was, uh, it, it's more for our people, right? Because when you talk to your people, right, when you make a, a, a Facebook post, you're talking to your listeners, right? And so our listeners know about the Main Street Fanny Packers. We're never trying to be, t- I mean, we're, we're just nerds with microphones <laughs> and fanny packs, apparently. So it was never, and I know it got kind of construed in that way on, on like the club hub, and, and it was never really, it was never like a challenge. It was more like a tongue-in-cheek, we're having a joke. Right. And then, and then you guys saw it and posted it, and then I was like, oh, I think they took it seriously. And then I thought, oh, I could see out of context, out of the realm of, of our weird show, 
uh, how it would kind of look uh, a little confrontational. So definitely not definitely not looking for a rumble, uh, more just to have a beer at uh, Sonoma Terrace. Well, well, exactly. well I, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not that guy. There's nothing that I take uh, or at least hardly anything. I take my liquor kind of serious. Other than that, I don't take much serious. I and and like I said, my club has started as a joke, and I still treat it as a joke. But one thing that's not a joke about my club that I had to come into the realization after doing this for damn near four years is that I started not making it hard for people to come into our club. As long as you showed up, you hung out one day, and you were cool, and you were normal, it didn't seem like you were going to get us in jeopardy in the park, you were welcome to join our club. And we started doing that, and the club grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And I realized this thing that I took as a joke, I had to eventually start taking seriously because I had so many people, kids from broken homes, kids from abusive families, uh, kids people from all transplants from out of state that this is their own family. All these people joining the club that this was their family. Yeah. yeah. And I realized that I double Jake. Well, that's cool, man. I hear two of them. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to me again. Well, we'll let you, we'll let you go, man. And, uh, you know, let me know how it goes with the, with the, with the lawsuit, uh, quote yeah, unquote. Man. And, uh, if anything progresses, we're, uh, we're interested to know. For the record, for the, uh, Steph wants to say something. Yeah, I don't know. You guys are you guys, you guys are choppy right now. Uh, no, I just wanted to say something. I think you guys are all awesome. Um, I really love that the whole interaction between you guys and Jake. I, I think what you guys are doing uh, is a good thing. Thanks, oh, I appreciate thanks. that, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, we just wanted to make sure that you guys had um, your time to explain what's going on as yeah. well. So we're glad that you guys were able to do that. The same bull crap. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll, I'll let you split. And cussing, right? You did great. Yeah, well, did except for job. that one time. But it's you. fine. You'll, you'll you be too. all right. It'll be all right. <laughs> I have to sit through two hours of show to find it. But it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> yeah, don't, you're not the first, man. Don't worry about it. All right. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Later. Later. Wow. Long show, dude. Yes, but good. I have to. I have to go to the restroom real fast. I had a bunch of Disney news to go through, no but we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna do it with the quick. secret show. Let's just end the show real quick. Yeah, we go we're gonna end the show real quick. <laughs> um, I, I, I hope. Well, look here. Let me get my. Let me get a fact of the show. Uh, I hope we did it justice, man. I know. Uh, you know, some people. Uh, you know, contacted us and kind of wanted our help. You know, I, I don't. I don't know what to do with well, that. We're not really advocates. You know, either right. way, and. I feel for the people who wrote in, um, absolutely, I and I wish that there was something we could do. But honestly, if things like this happen, go talk to Disney security. Yeah, it's yeah. not you know? my. I mean, it's not my. It's not our forte. Right. right. I just want to. I just want to talk to the people who are interested in talking about it, and I don't want to pass any judgment. That was never the point of the show was to pass any judgment. I just. I don't know. I'm like I said. I'm an idiot with a microphone, and I'm just kind of curious about stuff. So. Um, I'm also, I just, I really need to go to the bathroom. So, uh, after this folks, uh, Patreon supporters, we're going to do our, our secret show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the recipe is for glue wine, which is a German wine. It's a hot mold wine because it's December. Good. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, so if you want the recipe, and it's served at the, um, at the, I almost said Greek. I wish they had a Greek pavilion <laughs> in friggin' Epcot. But they don't. Um, uh, the German, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Snapping and clapping. Where's my handkerchief? Hey! Da, 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 da. Um, oh, in the German pavilion. It's a German, German, German deal. All right, let's get out of here, huh?
Yeah. Yes. All right. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> anything can happen at Disneyland, Terrence. You know that for sure. Spectacular Christmas celebrations are nothing new. But in 1976, it was the first year the Magic Kingdom found snow on the ground. As part of Sandy Duncan's Christmas special, taped for television at Disneyland, Mickey and Minnie glide gracefully across a frostbitten Main Street. And here's the photo. Maybe I'll try to take it and put it online. They iced over Main Street and made it into an ice rink. That's awesome. So so Mickey and Minnie are literally ice skating down Main Street. So if you ever thought, like next time you're walking down Main Street, think... Mickey and Minnie just were ice skating down this thing. Well, not just, but, you know. Yeah. That's amazing. Just 40 years before I was born, yeah. Thanks to Jake Fight and the uh, White Rabbits for tuning in, and uh, I'm glad you guys got to tell your side of the story. And, uh, yeah, like I said, keep us posted, man. Keep us posted. Super interested. And uh, until next time, everyone, we'll see you uh, in 2018, but also in the parks.